Warning, we are about to spoil Pushing Daisy Season 1. If you haven't seen the show and plan on watching it, leave now and come back later. But if you have seen it or you just don't care, then please stick around. The facts were these. Brian Fuller, future cult TV icon, was 38 years, 9 weeks, 4 days, 5 hours, and 13 minutes old when his new show, Pushing Daisies, premiered. But after just 1 year, 29 weeks, 6 days, 23 hours, and 59 minutes, the show was killed by a company afraid of making anything original. Yet 12 years, 3 weeks, 4 days, 6 hours, and 12 minutes later, an underground podcast would use its gift to bring the show just an hour or two more of life just so people can remember the show for what it was. Hello everybody and welcome to Cinema Roulette. Today we are back at it with Brian Fuller, a fantastic TV director and so underrated, like my god. Well, I don't know if he's still underrated because uh, Hannibal got a lot of praise and so did American Gods. Yeah. So he, he at least has a cult following at this point. Also, I'm going to set myself to D&D because I just got a fucking notification on Discord. I apologize, audience. Yep, that was Cameron's Discord, yep. not yours. Yep. But anyway, we are back with Brian Fuller with his, I think, second TV show that he helped create. Nice. Uh, this is a show I watched originally where when it aired. Cameron knew nothing going in. Yeah, practically nothing. Like, I knew it had Chi McBride. I knew it had a crazy art style, but that's about it. That's about it. And that show, which we mispronounced in the last time we talked about it, is Pushing Daisies. <laughs> Man, that silence, I tell you. It's almost like someone's died. I was going to say it was a dead silence. Hey, we were, we were on the same track, but... <laughs> and then, with a touch, it came back to life. Ah, there we go. And now we're talking to you. But we only have a minute. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Flash episode of Silma Roulette. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. But, um... <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, uh... Are you just going to recap like the main plot points then, or? Yeah, I'm probably going to do basically what the summary of the in the last episode is. That's fair. Because <laughs> this is very much a crime of the week, uh, show with very light flowing story elements, at least for the first season. Yippers. You know what? I accept what's his nose, but Yippers is fucking pushing it, man. <laughs> it's not a thing I regularly say. It's fucking pushing. It's pushing. Just daisies. like how we're pushing the daisies. Ah. Uh. <laughs> um, I forget if I had anything else to say before getting into the summary. No. I don't think I did either, so let's just go for it. <laughs> cool. Pushing daisies stars the pie maker, also known as Ned, but the snazzy fucking... Narrator likes to call him the pie maker all the time. Unless it is flashback land Ned, then it's younger Ned. Yeah, that's young Ned. <laughs> and young Ned found out he had a gift when he was very... Well, when he was young. Thanks, Redundancy. You're always welcome on our show. 
He was out playing in a field of daisies. His dog ran to the road, got pet cemetery, but Ned walks up and pokes him, and the dog comes back to life. Ned finds out he can touch anything that's dead and bring it back. I'm sure this will have no consequences whatsoever. Turns out, on the same day, his mother has a brain aneurysm. Falls over dead, he touches her, she comes back. There is another rule. After a minute, someone of basically equal value will also die. So, like, if he helps up a fly, another a different fly will die. If he helps a human, another human in close vicinity will die as well. But that's fine. I'm sure it's fine. It does turn out his childhood sweetheart's dad is the other person who has to die. Yeah. Oops. But Ned goes back, goes to bed after the coroner show up, take the childhood sweetheart's name is Chuck. They take Chuck's dad. Ned goes to bed. His mom tucks him in and gives him a kiss. And then she's dead. Because the final rule is if he touches the person or thing again, it will die. This time permanently. Yep, and there's no bringing it back. Unless we do some bullshit in season two. But. Yeah. <laughs> so the pie maker kind of grows very distant from people. And in order to feel like he's at home, he becomes, well, a pie maker because his mom liked making pies. So it's a. It's a thing. Also, if there's explosions this episode, it's the 4th of July. We apologize. We really have to get this one done. Yes, yes. We are already behind on schedule as is. <laughs> yeah, with TV stuff. Uh, I'll say this again at the end of the episode. Next is probably a top 10, and then we'll get to Pushing Daisy Season 2. Yes. Just so we don't have to binge the entire goddamn show in like a week. Yeah. It's only 13 episodes, but anyway, that's other things. Um, the pie maker's li living his life pretty fine, has his own pie shop, it's a fine run business, he even makes it for cheap because he'll buy rotten ingredients, touch them, bring them back to normal, and use them to bake pies. However, a detective named Emerson Codd finds out about uh, the pie maker's abilities through a bit of an accident, and now him and the pie maker work together to solve crimes. You wake up at the pie for let for a minute, ask who killed them, find the killer instantly. Easy peasy. All done. This becomes a problem though when a mystery woman dies on a cruise. This mystery woman is his childhood sweetheart Chuck. Ned brings her back to life, but doesn't put her back down. Yeah, he instead <laughs> instead prompting to let her live because love. And also, the person who dies is a dickbag anyway. So it's fine. Yeah. Chuck, this entire time, had been living with his, her aunts uh, Lily and Vivian, who were mermaid dancers, who then, after an accident, became very recluse. So Chuck didn't go anywhere, finally went to see the world, and died. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> the... There is also someone named Olive who works at the pie maker's shop who loves the pie maker, but of course the pie love triangles because it's a CW show. Pie maker lo 
loves Chuck. Olivia loves Pie Maker, but the love is not back towards her. Was it a CW show? It was. <laughs> That's also probably why it was canceled so quickly. Yeah, they do that. Um... The CW doesn't like having good shows, so they cancel a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is how the show kind Oh, also, the Pie Maker does not want to admit to Chuck that he kill he technically killed her father. For obvious reasons. But the rest of the show is rather just, um... Let me... I can't think of the word. Crime of the week type stuff until about episode 9. I mean, we do get a few other things like, uh... uh Olivia kind of figuring out that Chuck is... It, she... Olivia thinks Chuck is faking her death, which is kind of true. <laughs> Yeah, like, technically. <laughs> technically, she's right, in a way. Um, we find out Emerson has a daughter at one point, but that isn't really expand upon because he does not want to talk about it. <laughs> Eventually, the pie maker does admit to Chuck that he, he killed her father. She's reasonably upset about this. But they do get, they do get back together by the end. There was one person that almost catch it, played by, uh, oh fuck, Paul Rubin, right? Yeah, he yes. <laughs> Paul Rubin, who almost catches on to Chuck, but doesn't look deep enough into it and wants her to just admit what's going on, mm -hmm. so he doesn't know technically. <laughs> uh, also Chuck's aunts. Throughout the show, Chuck has been sending them pies with uh, basically antidepressants. Yep. So that way they will finally get out of the house. And after basically uh, her Aunt Lily o almost ODs, well, takes enough to the point where she's hallucinating, admits that she is Chuck's mom, even though Chuck thinks her mom died. Yeah. <laughs> And that's about where the show ends. That's where season one ends. Yep. It ends right on that bombshell. Oof. <laughs> also, you were wrong. It was not CW. It was ABC. Oh, was it? It said CW on the... Okay. <laughs> Oops. Oh, that is right. It was on ABC. Okay. <laughs> Still, ABC. I don't... What does ABC even have anymore? Not much, really. Like... <laughs> like they have the Oscars, I know. Yeah, but like when it comes to their original programming at the moment, they don't have too terribly much. And that I know of off the top of my head, at least that I watch. So, like, don't... are they just gave? Uh, that's something to look up later. Anyways, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, pushing up daisies. Yeah, you really want to say pushing up daisies for this title, but it's just pushing daisies. It's just pushing daisies. Yes. <laughs> Which it could possibly be because of the pun of they do push up the daisy, but then push it back down because they have to kill the person. Yeah, so. And that, you might be thinking, yeah, it's stretching it a little bit, but knowing Brian Fuller, that wouldn't surprise me because I think we mentioned it in our Hannibal episode how every episode is named off a feast of a Japanese meal. Or, well, one's Japanese, well, one's Italian, different kinds of, like, cuisines, I guess I should say. 
Um, yeah, and it's to the point of cleverness where, like, the first episode is an appetizer-type deal to start the meal. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid shit like oh, that. Oh, it's... Uh, like... Ah, uh, it's great. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, I think the first thing we should talk about is this the series' style, because, my God, it is so unique and so fast-paced. <laughs> okay, the thing with the style of this show is... I know that this is going to sound like, well, if you turn an apple into an orange, then if you basically take an apple, make it orange, make it taste different, and grow it on a different tree, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> but if you take this show, you move the camera to be more of a medium shot instead of low angle, and desaturate the colors and have everyone play yeah. it more serious... This is very close to the same stylization as Hannibal, which is weird to look at. It is very odd. Yeah. Like, you, you can tell if you just changed a few things subtly, it would just be shot in the same style as Hannibal. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. But, yeah, it's so style. It feels like Tim Byrne, like, good Tim Byrne, yeah. directed the show and had the set design done. It's fantastic to Definitely. look at. Definitely. Wasn't it the same set designer as Cat in the Hat? Um... I don't know if it was, but it did look like his sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I will look that up real quick. You're fine. Um, but yeah, just so fast paced, so like cartoony and like the narrator too also just does a really good job of holding everything together. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Narrator gets some really hilariously paced lines because my God, um, the, the, the puns in the show are stupidly like so many so many made me so happy i fucking hate it sometimes yeah hold on let me see here you're fine no he uh bo welch did not work on pushing daisies okay the facts were these cameron had to take a three minute shit so i jumped ahead in the audio to now when we are still talking about the style sorry now i'm just thinking of the civvy line where it's like uh, played something scary it's like ha jokes on you i don't even wear pants anymore so i just shit all over my chair <laughs> that's a great one <laughs> the thing about the style too is there's some there's some tv green screen at times oh jesus yeah <laughs> like that was the most egregious thing, and because the thing is, like, you there is a lot of CG that's not dated well, a lot of green screen, but the show is stylized enough to the point where a lot of it you can look past. Yeah, the style and especially the tone of this like dark fairy tale yeah. allows you to kind of look past it. Like, okay, they probably know it. That's just the joke. Exactly. It's like it's one of those things where it's like you know it's bad, and you're just kind of rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs> like uh there's one episode where we find out olivia was uh, a horse racer at one a uh, horse jockey and someone during the race fell off their horse and you and it's so clear <laughs> that he just kind of r slowly rolled off whatever he was sitting on yeah. <laughs> or the one where uh the person's on the boat and it was the boat itself was clearly green screen but the stock footage around it wasn't yeah <laughs> just the lighting is so obvious it's yeah. fun i do like the one part too where like um they're in the car and whenever it's ned and her you can see it's brighter but whenever it cuts back to chi mcbride the background's clearly a different color 
No, it was even between them too, because the, there were three camera angles of Ned, Chuck, and uh, he just said his name. Yeah. Well, that's the actor's name, not the. Uh, oh, Emerson. Emerson is the character's name. Yeah. But yeah, during that scene, it cuts between the three of them, and the outside is lighter for. You could call this symbolic, but it's honestly probably just a mess up. Of uh, with Chuck, it's brighter. With Ned, it's kind of neutral in its brightness, and then for Emerson, it's darker. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, uh, but yeah, it's like besides those, they're they're easily looked past. So, <laughs> I just every time it cuts to like the zoom in shot of the city up to the pie hole with that terrible CG, I'm just like, oh boy, <laughs> pushing up daisies for, for now available for PS2. <laughs> set up again that means more tasers shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we'll do for you season two we both buy a taser and anytime one of us says up we just tase <laughs> that's a terrible idea it's a great idea i know oh, uh, but also going off that stylization there is a there is another connection between hannibal and this show the fucking gore like Jesus, like that's the thing. Like, th this is also obviously like besides being a dark fairy tale, an investigative procedural. Um, and Jesus, because you know the people die in these different horrible ways, and like just the prosthetic makeup on them and all that, it gets really fucked at times. Yeah, especially uh, there's one episode where a plane crashes oh. and the dude goes through the windshield. I hate That's it. probably the most fucked up body of the show. It's like he has like a, like glass, the shards that look like icicles just jutting out of his face. It's just like, oh my god. Yeah, you could definitely see that uh, if you've watched Hannibal at all, Brian Fuller has always been ready to make the most fucked up corpses yeah. imaginable. Exactly. Like, my God. Like, every time, like, every time they do a body, there's something else fucked up. Like, I do like for the horse one how it's just like a horse stomp. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because the, the murder of that episode goes around with a horse and uh, makes it basically yeah. trample people. And, like, they do talk differently, too. Like, the guy with the, like, horse face, he has to, like, talk like this because his face is, like, pulled to one side. And, like, you that one's fucked, too, because you can, like, see the eye pulled down as well. Like, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And Actually, <clears throat> that's what makes it so much worse is they have to, the corpses talk at one point. Yeah. So you see this monstrosity oh. of a corpse move. Yes, and Emerson uh, is uh, rightfully freaked out by this, so he always stays as far back as possible. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's same with, like, the guy who was putting the snowman like, tree talks like this because his whole body was frozen. So, <laughs> yeah. I do love the one episode with the dummies where, like, he brought the body back to life. It starts screaming, and Emerson just goes, Ah! <laughs> But yeah, that that those get really fucked, and it's really impressive the makeup on that. Like that was all done practical. So <laughs> yeah, uh, especially the woman who had her full body burnt from yeah. the explosion. That's just impressive makeup work there. Like I, the makeup budget was probably really high for the show. So <laughs> uh, definitely, you can see where the CG budget went. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's fine because that is one of the most memorable aspects of the show is just the fucked up corpses. Just ugh, ugh, hate it. <laughs> but so that's really um, impressive. Um, 
I mean, lighting just kind of goes in with the cinematography and the style and stuff. Just everything that relates to that is so good. Um, actors are all yeah. Honestly, as well. if that lighting, if the lighting and set design wasn't the way it is, Oops. this show would. This show is walking such a fine line between comedy yeah. and just pure fucked upness. It does help that like the tone of the show is much lighter because if it wasn't, then we might have censorship issues. So, not even censorship issues. It would just be too much of a fucking downer. Yeah, honestly, um, kind of reminds me how like the 1966 Batman they went like full on campy because they knew if they just did a direct adaptation of the comics on television, it would probably get censored to hell. Oh yeah, Hayes Code would hate that. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing. Comics back then could get away with way more than television and movies. Um, actually, then again, this show has a dude with uh like part of his cheek mi- missing when he talks at one point. Oh yeah. I hate but it's rated PG. It, 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 uh, if you stream the show on HBO Max, it says up in the corner TV PG. Bullshit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just love the style. It's just so endlessly entertaining and in your face, and just so fast paced and witty that it really has a, such an undeniable charm to it. And I just, I, I love it. So good. <laughs> and uh, actually, going to the story a bit, it does a good job of keeping the twists and turns really uh, well as well. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. For a cop show, there's they have so much fun with it. It's hard to tell where something is going. Yeah. Like, the surprises and the twists have been genuinely surprising for the most part. So, <laughs> I mean, fucking... Uh... Hold on, let me see here. There's a uh, in episode three. It's about grave rot. It's um about the person who died so Chuck could live mm-hmm. because his brother thinks uh, someone killed him due to them both stealing from corpses at the uh, at the funeral home. <laughs> yeah, that they run. Yep. And you think it's gonna be about finding in this treasure. And then it goes a different way of like, okay, there is actually a murderer out there who knows what's going on. And then the episode ends with a fucking sword fight. Like, what what cop show would do this ever? It's so, like, out there. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is like a full-on, like, swashbuckling sword fight. It's great. It's actually really well choreographed, yeah. which was more surprising. I loved it. It was fantastic. It was it was really cool. It just it, it, but that's the thing. It like just came out completely out of the fucking blue. <laughs> like my god. Uh, and then Ben's got some moves, man. Dude can sword fight. <laughs> Making pies helps with uh, one-handed fighting, I guess. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> that dexterity swashbuckling level up yeah exactly it's that dexterity man (laughs) but uh yeah it's just it's just i love it i love it i I just what else can i say but i love it it's just it's so out there it just rolls with it (laughs) yeah it it keeps it so light and fun that it does allow itself to do just about anything yes (laughs) 
and some of the jokes are just fantastic. <laughs> like they, uh, the Nom joke from. <laughs> What was it? What was the acronym? Because they're like, oh, and NAM. And they're like, I, I don't think you ever served in Vietnam. Oh, no, NAM. Some, and it was an acronym for something. National. It's something. Something. So, something. Something Mills. And I can't remember what. It's like National Association of Mills or something. So. Yeah, it's something like that. Because it's a place where a bunch of windmills are. Because yeah. it turns out the killer of that episode is looking for a treasure that was put in a windmill that got retired <laughs> and that's not even the weirdest part of the episode i'd like to note yeah <laughs> oh goodness or in the horse murderer episode there's scenes where the characters go to talk about where olivia goes to talk with emerson about what's going on and they get fucking noir-style lines <laughs> as they're talking about the case. That was the funniest shit. Like, they get, like, noir-style lines. Like, uh, it's, like, that very fast-paced. I, I wish I could give specific examples, but, like, fast-paced 40s noir dialogue. And the best part about that is the lighting changes. And, like, when they're sitting down, it just changes to, like, this Venetian blind lighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and like the music it. comes in, there's like a sax, like wow, wow, wow. Oh, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and there's so much dark humor in the show <laughs> <Yeah>. because, <laughs> and it re again, it helps keep that line between going too dark and still being funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just how much the ants, uh, how much uh, Aunt Lily wants to die <laughs> is <laughs> darkly hilarious. It is because the one aunt is more the peppy like oh we can do this kind of stuff and she's like the negative nancy just like i don't know this is bullshit so <laughs> like <laughs> and yeah because like she she and they try like the the recurring plot point is like like we said olive trying delivering pies and uh the daughter putting uh herbal medicine in it try to pick them up and it, it's it's almost working it's getting close so <laughs> It's just so funny because, like, I guess she, like, turned into such a negative person just so she didn't have to talk about it or something. Like, the show does that sometimes. Like, it, it drops just these heavy emotional bombshells about what the characters are thinking or how they feel. And it, it just gets dark at times, really, with it. Yeah, and that also helps with the tone of the show and keeping the characters, like, three-dimensional yeah. instead of just being witty the entire time exactly it adds it adds depth that like normally would just be kind of unnecessary but it just adds more to the show really and i love it um speaking of which all the actors do a fantastic job in this oh everyone is great yeah. there's no one i can point to who does a bad job everyone is fantastic it seems like they know what the show is going for and go for it so uh ned pay uh the guy who plays ned uh lee pace uh, i i knew him from a show called holt and catch fire that was on amc he was one of the leads in that so it was interesting seeing him before that um chi mcbride i've just seen around and he's always fucking hilarious <laughs> and like even the people who just play the corpses who yeah. are literally there for a minute they have such an upbeat tone. They're not like freaking out that they're dead. Yeah. They're just kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, um, yeah. So, so... <laughs> it's great. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I died. So uh, it's just like heaven or something. And like, yeah, we're angels of justice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I am in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The one car salesman dude, he's like, am I in hell? Because frankly, I kind of deserve to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Joel McHale shows up for yeah. one episode. It's, uh, going back to the good twist, 
he says, oh, his wife did. He's a polygamist, so he has four wives. <laughs> he never said which wife did it, yeah. <laughs> which also, if you want a spoiler for the episode of who did, uh, it's the one woman who isn't in red or have red in the scene when going over her backstory. Yeah. Because everyone else is a red herring. Get it. Uh, I hate this fucking show. I know. The puns, man. Oh, it's so great. Or like the one dude who's like uh like supposed to be like really clean or something, and like at the end, like he gets justice with the stuff being sucked back onto him, and he's like, Well, it turns out he was just a dirty murderer or something like that. <laughs> oh like, my god. God damn it show. <laughs> and that episode had a fucking person die by scratch and sniff. Like <laughs> Honestly, you would never get this from any other cop show. I don't know why there aren't more comedic cop shows like this. I know, because, like, the possibilities for comedically over-the-top deaths are just endless. Like, come on. Death by scratch and sniff. That's so dumb, it's great. And no, I'm not talking they just sniffed up poison. They scratched it, but it turned out the thing to scratch was a high explosive. It yeah. fucking blew her to smithereens. It like, did, like, a chemical reaction when you scratched it and just... Boom! Instantly exploded. <laughs> oh man! I mean, there's a sh there's shows like Castle where yeah, it is it does have comedic elements, but the deaths are still you know the usual yeah. person was shot and left in a pool, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing that a lot of American TV does is they try to add humor uh, for the characters and not the situations. Like this, a lot of the times, like you'll have humorous exchanges between the characters or like situations that they're put in that are funny, but like the rest of the show will play out completely straight faced and serious. Yeah. But this one, yeah. it says, fuck it. And it goes for yeah. it. It goes for being a fully comedic crime, uh, police procedural. Yeah. And it's great. Um, and, and season one is only nine episodes, by the way. So that's why we were only able to do it in one sitting. Yeah, that this isn't a. That's why there's very little plot stuff. It's nine episodes. Yep. Not much for us to do. Exactly. Type deal. So. <laughs> we'll um, probably also do season two in one episode. It's only thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Unless it gets plot heavy, then we'll split up like we did with Hannibal. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, anything else to say on it? Um, I do love the over-the-top effort for, like, episode six, where they do the Vertigo yeah. uh, mental break scene. That was so unnecessary, but, like, everything about that was so well done, because, yeah, she, what happened? Like, he gets knocked out or something, right? He gets knocked out because he tries to blame someone for the, it's not actually them. Yeah, and, like, they, they uh, like... Uh, not really poison him, but knock him out with, uh, oh, what is it? Chloroform. Chloroform. I wanted to say cyanide. I was like, no, I'll kill people. Chloroform. Uh, but I mean, like, he'll be knocked out for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> forever, if you might add. But, um, yeah, but not like, forever. That could help. <laughs> that's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, they do the thing where, like, his subconscious realized what happened before he, like, his awake self did it. So in his dream, he's, like, putting stuff together and it just goes full on vertigo and trippy. Like, they do the famous shot of the face just in, like, with the stuff in the background. And I love the shot, like, where he's, like, falling and then, like, all these pies are coming in and, like, twisting and stuff. Yeah, it's so uh, over the top and there was no reason for it. Yeah. Honestly, that was probably the best CG in the whole show because it looked really good. 
It did. Uh, because they use dark colors. That yes. always looks better. We keep telling you guys this. For CG, use use it in darker situations. Come on. Yeah, a show made nearly 10 years God, ago. How you should you? know better. <laughs> Honestly. I think it's over 10 years ago. I forgot uh, it's was. almost 15. It was 07 is when this aired. So. Jesus. <laughs> 07, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, it's 14 years old, this show. <laughs> oh, uh, I also want to mention in that same episode with the Virgo reference, there's one scene where they, because uh, uh, the polygamous wives are all dog trainers, and the episode is called Bitches. Get it. Go ahead and laugh. <laughs> uh, but there's one scene where the case is closing in on one of the wives, and the camera shot of her is through a, one of those training rings a dog will jump through when focusing on her. So it's a lot more closed in while still using the natural set around it to do so. Oh, yeah. Like, the way he uses the sets in the show is fantastic. Like, you get full use out of them. They're really well done. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it doesn't need to be this good, but it is, yeah. and that's super enjoyable. It's probably just because it's Brian Fuller and he's just that good that he takes a show that could just very easily be just a straight comedy and elevates it to a new level. I kind of wish um, he would make a movie. I don't know if he... No, he did make a movie for uh, his other show, Dead Like Me. Oh, that had like a TV movie? Yeah, because it also got canceled early and uh, they allowed him to have a wrap-up movie for it. That's nice, at least. And since fans are still asking for a pushy up Daisy's movie, I have a feeling we're going to end on a shitty cliffhanger. Yeah. And you did the thing too now. What'd I do? You said pushing up Daisy's. Damn it! <laughs> oh, uh, for the last episode of the season, though, because most of the show's been fun, dark fantasy, whatever. It just talks about how fucked up the medical... Uh, medical insurances and how fucked up our systems were at the time. And still are, really. But <clears throat> Yeah, he just straight up goes in the social commentary, and it's not even well hidden. It's just straight up, these companies fucking suck. It's as blunt as the Saw movie about uh, fucking health yeah. insurance. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> That's all I was saying. Yeah. That one. It, it, was just... Just, it was a surprising moment, because considering the tone of the rest of the show, it's like, well, I think uh, Brian Fuller may have been a bit bitter at this time. Uh... <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Oh, and also a good use of uh, of irony or uh, poking fun at cop shows. Like, a great joke in episode two, even though I was high during most of it. Uh, <laughs> same. There, There's a moment where the killer traps our main characters in a, in his smart car and is trying to explain his whole evil plan and why he's been doing all this. <laughs> but the windows are soundproofed, so the characters don't hear <laughs> fucking anything. Well, the windows are soundproof and they're in, like, bags, body bags. So, yeah, they're putting eye bags so there isn't mess to clean up when they die. So there's this great shot of him just like talking in fast forward, like, and the character is just looking confused. <laughs> they can't hear him. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's just, oh my god, so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so far I do highly recommend the show. Uh, oh, yeah. We're recording this on the 4th of July, so it's coming out the same week we're recording it. It's still on HBO Max. Yep. At this time. 
So if you're curious and you want a fun police procedure, you'll definitely check it out. Yeah, check out season one and watch season two before we review it. <laughs> yeah. As I say, you might know some stuff beforehand and you'd be like, ooh, well, I wonder what these two blokes thought about it. <laughs> or what these two fuckheads will think. <laughs> um, anything else? I think that's about yeah. it. I think I'm good on that. So, <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, I, I think we'll be back then, what, with the top 10? Or is it Fringe? Yeah, we're going to try to do the top 10 next, so that way we don't have to binge all of uh, Season 2 super quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Ministry of Fear. Yep. That's next week. That it is. And for once, we actually talked long enough about a movie to not have to do a double episode. Yay! Which, if you didn't listen to those episodes, go back and listen to them. Pretty good. Especially, uh, I personally really like Super Ultraman. Uh, Inframan, not Ultraman. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to get them confused, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right. <laughs> Could, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll play the, the finger touch noise that the episode ends. That'd be clever. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to interact with the show more, you can follow us on Twitter, at Roulette Cinema. If you wish to follow our hosts, Justin is at JKPancake on Twitter, and Cameron is at CameronPicksInc on Twitter. If you wish to watch a video version of the podcast, it can be found on the YouTube channel, CamCam. Thanks again to Teller's Place for making the base art for all of our thumbnails. And if you enjoyed the show, Please remember to subscribe or rate on whatever podcast app you use.